the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an AV Nation special. Rosie Riveters and the Avixa Women's Council. This is Tom with AV Nation with an AV Nation special, taking a special look at the Avixa Women's Council and uh, some efforts that they're doing this year. Uh, first and foremost, from the Avixa Women's Council, uh, first, Jennifer Goodyear. Uh, how are you, ma'am? Good. How are you? Awesome. Uh, also an old friend of mine. Uh, I've known her a long time. She's not old. Uh, Erica Carroll. <laughs> welcome, ma'am. Thanks, Tim. Joel. Joel Carroll is old. Uh, by evidence by his gray beard. Also, a young lady I got, I've gotten to know, or at least gotten to know about, and I get the chance to, to interview her, Brittany Greer from Rosie Riveters. Welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, actually, uh, Brittany, I want to start with you. Um, the, the the folks at, at the Avixa Women's Council they're raising money this year uh, in support of Rosie Riveters. So, first and foremost, high level here, Brittany, what is uh, Rosie Riveters? Yeah, so uh, we're first of all, we're incredibly grateful for all the efforts that are happening. Um, but Rosie Riveters is a nonprofit organization that works to engage and inspire girls from the ages of four through 14 in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, and we do that through hands on interactive STEM programs that not only make STEM fun, but also focus on building critical thinking and problem solving skills through a productive struggle. So you, you, um, kind of found your way into into starting Rosie um, Riveters from your kind of your, your your previous iteration in life, which you were involved in in nuclear energy, which just in general I find fascinating. Um, but but like a lot of STEM industries and like a lot of STEM uh, uh, occupations, there's not a lot of female representation or female um, workers inside nuclear the nuclear energy area. How did you go from, hey, I need to get more women here to coming up with the idea for Rosie Riveters? So it was a combination of things that came together. Um, I actually worked in a communications role. Um, I was focused on internal and external communications for uh, an organization that represented the nuclear energy industry. Um, and uh, one of my tasks with them was how did we engage more women in nuclear? How do we have conversations with them? How did we get to know how they had found kind of themselves in those careers? Um, and I became deeply immersed in the STEM pipeline, right? And kind of where or the, the, which is the journey that women take to STEM careers um, and where there's kind of drop off points within that pipeline of disengagement. Um, and there's many along the line of finding yourself ultimately in a STEM career. Um, and the first big significant drop off point is middle school. Um, and there's a ton of programming for middle school and high school and college uh, in terms of STEM engagement. But there still to this day isn't much before then. Um, and so I was looking at it from a perspective of why are we trying to solve a problem at the problem point versus looking at what's causing the problem to happen in the first place. Um, and then the other kind of component that came into play was I had a baby <laughs> and I had a baby in the UK, uh, which meant I had this crazy thing called a year's worth of maternity leave um, and had this kind of moment to, to apply that thought process. And I was reading the book, Rosie Revere Engineer to my daughter. I had a Rosie the Riveters poster on my wall as a young kid. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, what's my background? It's 
communicating complex subject matters to non-subject matter experts, the nuclear industry and politics, which was my previous life, all speak in acronyms that nobody understands. Um, and how do we get, how do we communicate with kids? How do we talk about subjects that people don't usually talk to them about? And how do we really dig into these things that are causing the drop-off point from happening? We could be here all day in terms of a lot of those inputs, but one of the big factors is the drop in confidence that happens between the ages of eight and 11. Another big component of that is general exposure to the wider kind of opportunities that are STEM at a younger age um, and building critical thinking and problem solving skills so that girls have the confidence to stay in places where they are not 180% qualified or have done it before or are perfect and gotten all the answers right in the first place. Um, and so all of those elements came together and I built a curriculum that I thought would develop that. Uh, and then I asked for feedback. So I put together a panel of area teachers um, and a panel of industry experts and said, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? Um, and their feedback across the board was, this is everything we wish we could do. We just don't have the resources to do it. So please go out and do it. Um, I was in the library with my now then almost one-year-old uh, and saw the fact that there was really young people and really old people and nobody in between. Um, and that there was this look at kind of maker spaces that how libraries were kind of innovating in a modern age. Um, and so approached my local library and asked if I could take it over effectively for four weeks and provide a free program for 42 kids. Um, and they said yes. And then I went out to a local mom's group and said, hey, I want to do this. Do you want to help me? And they said yes. And that was the first Rosary Riveters program. And we've served 6,000 kids to date since 2016. Um, and even more importantly, I've written tons of college application letters. I've written high school application letters because that's the world we live in now um, of more girls kind of finding themselves with their place in STEM, but even more importantly, finding the confidence to know they can do things that they've never done before um, and can innovate within those spaces. And that's where we get the opportunity to have kind of diverse inputs into whatever the future holds. I, I want to point something out here, and this is not a, a knock on my wonderful country. Um, but I want to point out that something fantastic came out of, of Brittany having a year off. And I'm just going to put it there. <clears throat> Y'all take it. Run with it if you'd like. And we'll move Agreed. on. Um, <laughs> not where I expected this going, but 100%, you know, and again, this is a longer conversation about, about maternity and paternity leave and the ability to, to connect with, with your kids when they, when they come into this world. Um, Jennifer and Erica, I, I want to bring you guys in on this because one of something that, that Brittany said was, it's a fantastic idea. We can't afford it. Well, that's what you guys are doing. You're raising money. You're raising funds uh, for Rosie the Rivers through the Evicta Women's Council. So first and foremost, what struck you? What, what, how did you find out about Rosie Rivers and, and what struck you as, as, uh, as this being, you know, worthy and, and, and a, a good, uh, um, a good uh, cause to connect with the Women's, Evicta Women's Council? Um, this was a conversation that, uh, we were in a local leaders meeting for Vixen Women's Council and Penny Sittler, the former chair, actually had seen an article on the Rosie Riveters and how successful they were. And she said it would be great if we could do something like this. And then I had moved to Atlanta. I met up with Erica to be her co-leader. We had a conversation saying, what event should we do? Should we do a networking event? And that's just kind of the usual for what we do for Women's Council. And we said it would be great if we could give back as well. So we said, hey, let's look into this Rosie Riveters thing and see if, this, if there's something there. And the rest is kind of history. 
So, Erica, I, I know you well enough to know that, that some of what Brittany described there hit in your wheelhouse, and that's developing curriculum and, and, and teaching kids. So how did mm -hmm. this hit you when, you when you first heard of Rosie? Oh, I was ecstatic about it. You know, I, I love not just teaching, but, you know, seeing people have that aha moment and building confidence within themselves, even as adults in what I do now. And then even when we spoke to Brittany and talking about how that is essentially what we're doing is we're building girls confidence through STEM projects, through a productive struggle, struggle and allowing them to believe in themselves and what they're capable of just by completing a project. Um, that, I mean, that means the world to me. <laughs> so, so it was an easy project to get behind. Uh, so let's talk for a second, and, and Brittany, I'll start with you on this. Uh, let's talk about the nuts and bolts, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Jennifer and, and Erica uh, are, are raising funds. Uh, we'll talk about some of the folks who have come alongside, uh, including a dear friend of mine. But when it comes to, you know, what does this mean when it comes to, let's say that we raise 100 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? How many, how many young people does that mean that we, that we get to impact for X amount of dollars, or, or how does this whole thing work? Yeah, so... Um we have a wider kind of community engagement component for organizations just like the Evicta Women's Council who are looking to engage and really kind of really broaden the impact of what they're doing in a community. Um, so our binary code um, packing, which are volunteer engagement kind of um, sponsorship opportunities, cover a number of different kind of uh, support mechanisms within the organization. So they first and foremost provide an opportunity to pack hundreds of thousands of binary code kits because at the target we've met now we're in the thousands range ladies so woohoo on that part um so to back binary code kits and these binary code kits are literally what i'm wearing um and they're an intro to the language of computers um and give kids a hands-on opportunity to understand the computers speak a different language understand why they speak a different language um and start to learn that language um, and build confidence in their ability to do so they also give access to our free online resources, right? And general kind of awareness of those resources for teachers, parents, um, homeschoolers to access that and utilize them in their programs. Um, they also, the, the engagement component of that also funds our free programming in the community. So the 6,000 kids that we've delivered programs for, 97% of those programs have been completely free of charge. Um, so there's no barrier to engagement and we do, four, six, eight week programs, both after school and in school. Our in school programs bring hands-on STEM projects directly into the classroom and alleviate all of those resource questions that those teachers I talked about in the beginning had said that they had and solves that for them. And then we also do after school and Saturday programming through a range of community partners. So accessibility is a big component of what we do. Um, and community partners are the way that we provide that access is by working with organizations who are doing amazing work in the community, solving community-based issues, and then plugging in for consistent engagement year on year. Um, and with this instance, we're working with Blue Star Families, which is the largest military family serving organization. Um, and we facilitate both after Saturday programming with them, um, but also kind of connection to Purple Star Schools and kind of that wider network um, of the military connected community. Um, so they fund kind of three different points of entry. They some fund the STEM kits themselves. They bring wider awareness and support of our free um, STEM uh, projects and resources that are available online for our website at rosyriveters.com. And they fund free programming um, to have that long-term, more sustainable engagement because the structure of our program is what really 
allows us to build those critical thinking and problem solving skills and confidence in our participants. Um, so we don't work from a set of instructions, we work from completed examples, and we take up time to do that. So uh, being able to work with partners to facilitate that and have the funds to be able to let kids take home their completed, you know, um, biomechanical hands project or LED art project or whatever it is, those all go home and are continually interactive. So all of that resource, that time, not only puts together those kits, but then funds wider opportunities in the community. And it just continues to kind of help with that continued engagement and early engagement of young women in STEM. Yeah, that's a, a, that, that right there is incredibly uh, helpful as well, because yeah, they can take it home and they can honestly continue to learn uh, as, as they kind of, you know, tinker with it uh, as it were. Uh, Jennifer, um, th this, this is not cheap. Uh, so we have uh, a number of folks in the industry that have, that have come alongside. So when you look at that, first of all, talk about who, who has come alongside, but also what you guys are looking to do, because my understanding is you've already hit one goal. So now we're going to do some more stretching and, and seeing what else we can do. So our title sponsor, that's Bradford Ben. He called us up and said, I, this is everything that I've always wanted to support. Can you tell me more about it? We told him what we were doing here. And he said, how much do you need? So he covered our entire goal. So then we had to up the goal so that the rest of the AV community could get involved. And uh, he's just been great because he actually told us, I can either spend the money on swag at Infocom or I can do this. <laughs> Which one do you think is a better source? And obviously we agree. Hey, Ben. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that is the thing. So, so a number of years ago, Bradford has, has helped us uh, start Aviation a number of years ago. And that was one of the things that, that we kind of put into place was uh, actively seeking out um, women for, for our various shows and, 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 and people of color for our various shows. And, and I know that's something that's near and dear to his heart. Um, one of the things that he and I have discussed is uh, having panels, like, like people will ask us to be on panels. Um, not to be stupid, but we all know this as, as an older white guy, I, you know, you, you can swing a dead cat and hit any of them on a, on a panel. Uh, mm -hmm. but something that Bradford and I have made and others have as well, not just us, but, uh, said that I won't be on a panel, right? If there's not a, a person of color, there's not a female, uh, on there as well. So absolutely. That's something near and dear to his heart. Uh, Erica, talk for a second about, um, the community and, and what the community has done and what that means to you guys personally, but also at a broader sense, the, uh, the Avixa Women's Council. Yeah. So when we first started and, um, we were really slow to the start, we were, you know, sitting at about $800 for the first three weeks. Um, and we were actually scared that we weren't going to reach our goal. And then we opened it up for a corporate sponsorship and, you know, I got to give it to Jennifer and we've never raised money like this before. So we were sort of going at it blind and coming up with things and seeing what would stick. And so we came up with corporate sponsorship and um, then everybody got involved. It was like in one week, this, you know, wave of support from the community, from various companies in various sizes. And a lot of people were giving in individual contributions as well in, in really, you know, strong amounts and not realizing that they reached a sponsorship level <laughs> as an independent, you know, contributor. Um, so we are 
completely blessed by the community showing up and continuing to show up. People still reaching out saying, I absolutely want to get involved. I completely believe in what you're doing. And it's not just about girls in STEM. I mean, a, a huge portion of it is, but it's also about the future of AV and, you know, bringing those young people into our industry and getting them engaged at that young age. One of the things, STEM, is, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. I suck at math, so let's go back to science for a second. Um, and folks have, have made the comment that, you know, AV is, is, is equal parts science, right? The acoustics and all that and, and the math that I'm not good at and art, right? So when you look at, at Rosie Riveters and, and the program here, how is this going to help the industry and, and help AV? Yeah, so because we want more diversity, we have to attract more girls to this industry. And we think there's not enough industry awareness. So in every STEM kit, we're going to include a flyer that's going to say, what is AV? And we're going to include pictures of women from the Evixen Women's Council, and it's going to show them in their various job roles. And it'll have descriptions saying, do you want to be a sound engineer? This is what you do. And we think having that representation and actually seeing pictures of themselves and seeing the job descriptions, we think it's going to get more girls involved in our industry. The, the famous quote from Sally Ride is, you can't be what you can't see, right? Um, and the more kind of opportunity to see yourself in a career and know that, hey, I have an interest in art and I have an interest in technology and I can use that and I can have a job doing it is very, very exciting when you get to know that you can go after that and apply your, your interests into your career. So the more opportunity for girls and quite frankly, anybody to see themselves reflected in a future career opportunity means that they get to track towards making that a reality, right? If you can dream of being an astronaut, you can dream of having a job in pro AV and that it's because you know that it's available to you. Um, and the, you know, the more that we can share that and share the cool parts of that. And, it, and I don't say cool lightly, right. But like making a connection of the amazing things that you can do within this industry is where you get to have more people participating in it. So, so just so we, we all understand, where where exactly are you guys sitting now? We're recording this on the on the twenty third of May. Uh, it will this will be released as long as um, as I get this to Mitchell uh, on time uh, before Memorial Day. What is your goal now? We're at eleven thousand three hundred and thirty five. What is your goal? I guess is the way to put that. Our goal is far surpassed at this point. So, <laughs> literally, it's as much as we can do. Okay. Um, I- <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say, we originally started this thinking it was just going to be Erica and I doing this here in Atlanta. And because of how our EV industry has stepped up, we're doing this across the nation. So we've already got Texas, Connecticut, and Southern California committing to packing and going to schools. And we're just going to keep going. We'll stop when people stop donating, I guess. But... Can I just just jump on the kind of the industry component of this? I mean, I'm an organization that works with a number of different industries across STEM and the community that's been built through the through the AV community, through the pro AV community has been unbelievable. And also just the general kind of cohesive messaging about bringing people into your industry is from somebody from a comms background, right, is also really amazing. And for a small organization like ours that works 
blood, sweat, and tears to make this a reality, right? Of, of, of engaging girls early and consistently engaging them and working to keep them in the industries and finding opportunities and tracking them to the spaces where they can connect with those. Um, I've, I've said to both of you before about this, right? But it's, it's the, the, the greatest kind of gift, but kind of beyond even kind of the, the support of being able to facilitate the programs, which is amazing. I think it's the effort and the, the fact that the industry has, has come together and truly committed to caring about this, right? When this is what we do all day, that has been just so amazing, right? Like I don't even, like I shake and don't really have the full words to put into it, but it's been, it's been phenomenal. Um, and for our organization, we just say thank you because what it, it just means that you you're committed to mission, and that early engagement component is what so often gets lost. And for us, if we're looking at diversifying the industries as a whole within STEM, that's what changes it, right? It's when you get to cement your relationship to learning and build your confidence of where you're going into things you haven't done before, and know where you can pursue and make connections and opportunities, and know what opportunities are available in front of you and how you can track towards them that we change, we change lives, right? We change participation in it. And so I, all I can say is thank you, like abounding times over. Um, and just, you know, I'm constantly, I'm impressed just by the, the just the, for lack of a better word, the professionalism of the whole process, but also the community that's come to be a part of it. So I don't know if that's off on a tangent of what we were talking about, but I did want to just pause and say thank you because it's been un unbelievable. Brittany, I, I want to... Put, mention something here as we wrap up here because something that Jennifer and, and Erica mentioned, you know, the different or the different um, regions that have, have jumped onto this. If somebody is in a local area and they don't know you or, or haven't engaged or you haven't been to that area, how does somebody in Chicago or Boise, Idaho, engage Rosie Riveters and and get you guys um, to their local location? So we, our website, we have a, we have a hands-on STEM website, which is effectively re free resources that are accessible from anywhere. Um, our partnership with Blue Star Families has us expanding beyond kind of our backyard, if you will. So we're, um, we've, we started and um, have grown and uh, within the Northern Virginia region of kind of the DC yeah. metro area. Um, and we actually just expanded into two additional states last month. Um, through that partnership. Um, and that partnership, that, that growth has been facilitated because of that community relationship component that I talked about. We're working with an organization that has regional chapters. Um, so organizations that we can connect with that have a community focus in your backyard are a great place for us to make a connection um, to then look at being able to look at program sites for facilitation um, and additionally for being able to hire and train our instructors um, so that's always a good point of connection of us being able to expand into a new place. But then also our in-school programs really can be facilitated anywhere in the country. So our STEM kits effectively can go into an entire grade level classroom. They're there and designed to be able to be accessible by classroom instructors without asking them to do a thousand hours of professional development time, which they do not have, <laughs> but being able to reinforce what the what they're talking about in their classrooms with a hands-on project that emphasizes that productive struggle component and really provides equitable STEM access across a grade level. Um, so the, the short answer is reach out to us um, on our website. Let's have a conversation um, and usually we can find a way to make something work because <laughs> the game is 
is engaging more kids as possible through this and providing an opportunity. And the only big sticking point is finding a way that it can be continually available. So we're not a one and done. We don't drop something off and never see you again. The goal is to build a wider relationship so that we can see kids year on year and keep building that engagement in that pipeline and then track them into wider resources in the region so they can also have engagement. That, that right there is incredibly important because the one thing that is, as I get older, I realize that, that time will march on and there will be another group of folks uh, behind this current group of young people. So absolutely. Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, Erica Carroll, uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you or how do they get find out more about Rosie Riveters and, and the uh, Amitvixa Women's Council? Um, so you can learn more about this whole initiative at supportingawc.com. And you can even buy a t-shirt like Jennifer is wearing now. We will have a few available for sale at Infocom as well. And all the proceeds are going directly um, to Rosie Riveters as well. All right, very good. Jennifer Goodyear, thank you, ma'am. Uh, how do people connect with you? You can go to our supporting AWC, but you can also connect with us on um, LinkedIn and uh, you can get with both of us there. And like said, Infocom will be at the breakfast. So we're going to have a table there. So if anyone hasn't gotten a ticket yet, get an Infocom Women's Council breakfast ticket. Absolutely. You should 100% go to that just, just for the record because it's a fantastic event. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much. Uh, how do people connect with you or Rosie Riveters? So our website is www rosyriveters.com um we're on across all social media so we're on uh linkedin twitter instagram facebook all of them basically um and you can also just directly reach out to us at info at rosyriveters.com and we'd be happy to set up a call and um, get to know more about what you're looking to do in terms of engaging inspiring girls in stem all right very good uh, you know what? Don't go by the website. Just go uh, to uh, supporting um, Olympics Women's Council, their, their website, and support them. Uh, I'm not kidding. I'll be very disappointed. Uh, I think we can do it. So let's hit. Let's, let's strike for thirty thousand. If we hit that, let's strike for fifty. How about that? Uh, so we will see you all at, at, uh, at Infocom in two weeks. And um, thank you all so much. So uh, yeah, go support them, and we'll see you at Infocom. That's all the time we have for this Aviation Special.